This sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. Wow, what a privilege it is, this again this morning. This week and this past few weeks have been epic. It's been amazing, and God has really been moving in this church. Do you agree with me? Amen. Now, we've seen people set free from all sorts of things. I myself have actually been freed from fear and an emotional scar that I've been carrying for a very long time in in my ministry. And it's just so, so amazing to see the freedom that God gives us. And during the past few weeks, you know, Andre have been uh, giving us a glimpse into the spiritual war that we face. For Paul writes in Ephesians 6.12, he says, Our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against evil rulers, authorities of the unseen world, and against the mighty powers of this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. That's a really tongue twister, but it gives us the reality of what we are facing. But I don't want to focus on, on that. I want to focus on, on the amazing War we face, yes, we face it, but God is much bigger than that. You see, God has come, and and in this time, during this warning that Paul gives us, and and even in our midst, he gives us this warning, but also an encouragement to step into more that God has to offer for us. There's so much more on the table for you and I, we just need to step into it and take it up. You see, God has called us to win the fight. So the defense, we're going to take up, but now we're going to go on the offense as well. Amen? All right, let's get into it. Just let's get into it. So wouldn't you feel much safer in this war if you had an armor on that could protect you? Even a weapon in your hand. Wouldn't you feel much safer? Yes, absolutely. So I want to take us on a journey this morning of how, to, of how God gives us a tool or armor to clothe ourselves with. And, and I want you to journey with me because Paul makes it available. He's, he's already given it to the Ephesians. He says, yes, your fight is not against flesh and blood. But then he goes on and he says, therefore, because you know what your fight is against, therefore put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Amen. That's powerful. That's powerful. And, and, and we're going to take that journey in seeing what it looks like to put on the armor of God every single day. So I want to encourage you that some of the things I will reference today will come from some of the past sermons. I want to encourage you to go on YouTube, uh, go and watch those sermons so that you can also be prepared and have reference for, for what I'm talking about. And if, so, if things sound weird this morning, just hang in there. It'll all make sense at the end, okay? So if you think of the word deliverance, what comes to mind? I believe for many, it's a straight line to the movie, The Exorcist. Ah, okay, so what is The Exorcist? The movie, it's, it's a person being tied in a chair, so you, you will be 
if, if you are possessed or something, hey, they would throw you in a chair. They would tie you up. And then you have a fearing mom and dad here in the corner, and they're like all sh- 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 shivering. And then, then you have the priest coming in. Okay, so the priest comes, and he, he's like, it's water all over the place. And then he takes out the crucifix. So he shows it at the, at the person in a chair, and then everybody's like, ah! And in that moment, I put off the television. <laughs> it's just getting too weird. Absolutely. But that's, that's what the world tries to portray what deliverance is. But it's actually far from it. You see, it's a spirit. there is a spirit war taking place. But, and people are struggling with so many things that are holding on to us. Depression, fear, anxiety, anger, oppression. Huh? And, and then we see this war taking place, but it also shows the reality of God in our lives. So I want to I change that word deliverance a bit this morning. I want to I change it to freedom counseling. It sounds a bit better. Yes. So Freedom Counseling is, is pretty much where we facilitate the work of the Holy Spirit in a person's life. And they get to experience, or this person gets to experience, the love of God. And being able to be set free. So in, in some of the sessions, we do equipping as well. So when we facilitate a, section, a session, we come alongside the Holy Spirit and we will equip the person and say to him, listen, when your counselor, your pastor, your friend is not there, you have tools in the toolbox that can enable you to do this on your own and be set free. But there's one key in this, and that is to partner with the Holy Spirit. Because if you partner with the Holy Spirit, you get exposed to the love of Christ. And that is when you receive this lie or this, uh, this lie spoken over you, it actually just falls off because you have the love of Christ in you. But it requires us to partner with the Holy Spirit. So this is the first step, this first invitation to this morning's session, that You partner with the Holy Spirit. And I'm trusting that as I'm speaking, that the Holy Spirit will continue to minister to each one of you as I'm talking. That it would not be just me speaking, but you will feel the Holy Spirit. He will reveal to you as we are going through the sermon this morning. Thank you, Rion. So I'm trusting that he will, he will reveal the places of anxiety, of fear, some anger, uh, maybe even depression in our hearts, uh, feeling of not feeling loved. I trust that the Lord will come and, and through our Holy Spirit just come and reveal that to you this morning. So the key is we have to partner with the Holy Spirit. So just open your hands like that. And you say, you're at home, you can just open your hands and you say the following. We have to partner with the Holy Spirit, and we have to obey what He says. Okay, we have to do what He tells us to do. So, Holy Spirit, thank you this morning 
that we can partner with you. Thank you for your unfailing love and your revelation of the truth in our lives. Thank you for exposing the enemy, the spiritual influences that are not from you right here, right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Did you feel that? As the Holy Spirit is moving in between us. Talk about freedom one-on-one. They can remember this with me. And we start talking through a few things. So I remember this one particular session. The guy came and he sat in front of me. And we started talking. So... In some of the sessions, while you're praying into certain things, remember, we are partnering with the Holy Spirit. So I I pray in every session. I say, Holy Spirit, I come alongside you. I am actually just a spectator right here. And I trust that you will come and do the work. So the Holy Spirit has never failed me. He's always revealed the lies of the enemy in people's lives. It's, It's so amazing because after every session, I sit there and I'm like, I'm in awe. I'm the Holy Spirit, Lord. This is amazing. So in this particular session, I was sitting there, and, and like I said, in some of the sessions, we get a thing called manifestation. So manifestation is basically, it, it sometimes comes in a way of, of a voice or a face that gets pulled or um, a movement of the body. But manifestation is actually just the Holy Spirit Letting your human spirit rest, so it steps back into the rest room. And then the the demonic influence or the spirit of influence will come to the fore, and that will actually be exposed by the Holy Spirit. So there's always order. Everything is, uh, there's, there's no things going on that you cannot control because the Holy Spirit is in control. So this person would then talk in a different voice, something that you don't. Um, understand, or, or uh, you understand it, but it, it doesn't sound like the normal person. So I was, I was ultimately trusting for the Holy Spirit to reveal something in this person's life, a bit of bondage, or uh, things that we can pray into so that he can get free. And then I sit, and this person goes quiet. I'm like, excuse me, what's happening? So you try and gauge where they are, and I could see this guy was really struggling. So as he was struggling with, with, uh, through some of the issues that we were talking about, I continued to pray in the Spirit in my mind, and I'm like, Lord, just reveal, reveal, reveal. And I ask him, listen, are you okay? Because a good indication is if, they're responsive, if there's response and there's interaction, then, then we sort of gather things okay. But this time, this guy just went silent. And the very next moment, this voice comes, this another voice. He's like, you doubt your authority, and you are scared of me. I'm like, oh my goodness, what's happening here? So immediately as a counselor, you identify that this is a demonic influence coming to the front. All right, so he wants to speak to you now. So again, this is an extreme situation. I'm using it as an illustration for you to try and show you what God has in store for us so so much more. So he's calling us to a, 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 a new level. But we need to understand that a demonic influence is real in our lives. So this guy challenges me with my authority and my, and he, and he wants to make me doubt and he, he thinks I'm scared. I'm like, eh, no way. This is not happening. So because the thing is, I know my identity in Christ. I am in Christ. I'm saved. I am protected by the blood of Christ. So the very next moment, he, when he reveals this, I said to him, No, I don't doubt 
my authority in this place. And I'm not scared of you. So in the name of Jesus, get out. And there was a moment of silence. And the very next moment says, hey, get out in the name of Jesus right now. So this guy makes a big cough. And then he looks at me and he's all lightheaded. And he's like, wow. So that is part of a manifestation. So what happened here? While I was praying in the Spirit, and this Spirit came to the front, He challenged me, and He tried to intimidate me. So He tried to get a foothold into my life by making me agree with the lie that He sowed. So we need to understand that if you have a hole in your armor the size of a speck of dust, The enemy will come for that part and he will try its best to influence you in so many ways that you will agree with the lie because that's all he needs. He needs you to agree with the lie and then he can have access. So it's not a it's not a possession, it's an oppression. So think just just think of this. This is not don't be scared. We are all saved. It sounds frightening. But we are protected by the Holy Spirit. And that's why we partner with the Holy Spirit. So when this happened, this was an extreme situation. But, but I had to tell you the story so that you can identify with the, the person that I am. But also that my body armor had to be in place. So the demonic influences in our lives, the spiritual influences, will attack us mostly in our thoughts, our imagination... And our emotions. If you have unstable emotions going like this all the time, we need to ask the question. If you have, all of a sudden, you get these thoughts that I'm not good enough, or I'm fearful, or you get your imagination starts seeing pictures that makes you afraid of everything around you. Then we can understand there's a bit, then, then we need to identify that there's a demonic influence. But as I say, this is an equipping session. So we equip you, and the sermon today, that we equip you to take hold of the tools in your toolbox and renounce the lies of the enemy. Because that's what he wants to do. He wants to take you out of the kingdom of light. So when, when a person manifests or reveals, the, the Holy Spirit reveals um, the demonic influence, I... I get excited a slight bit because it is, there's a bit of talking in it. So in, in this case, um, I really had the love of Christ in me, and I understood that. So the love of Christ in us sets fear aside because fear has no place when the love of Christ is there. Are you with me? So um, God is love. So Jesus encountered very much the same in his walk on earth. And I rem- in, in Mark 5, we're going to quickly read there, and I want to just illustrate the story there, that we face these things day to day. Jesus already had faced it, so he, he prepared us in advance for this. So let's read Mark 5, verse 2 uh, to 11. He says, When Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out from the tombs to meet him. The man lived in burial caves and could no longer be restrained, even with a chain. And whenever he was put in chains and shackles, as often as he was, he snapped the chains from his wrist and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. 
Here comes a fun part. When Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him, ran to meet him, and bowed low before him. And with a shriek and a scream. So I'm going to try and illustrate that for you. Do you want to hear that? Let's act it out. huh? Oh, come on. Let's do it. Don't be shy. Let's do it. So imagine this is this, this uh, demonic influence speaking to Jesus. He says, in verse 7, with a shriek, he screamed. He says, why are you interfering with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? Oh, goodness. Okay, I'm going to leave it there because I know um, in, the, in the first service, some, some of the guys just said to me, no, no, don't do it again. Don't do it again. Your acting is bad. So we're just going to continue reading. But Jesus faced the same. So this demon started talking to him. All right. He was, this man was possessed. So this demon started talking to him. Why are you interfering with me, Jesus, son of the most? I, God, in the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus has already said to the spirit, come out of the man, you evil spirit. Then Jesus demanded, what is your name? It's often... It's this, this game of, okay, who are you? No, who are you? No, who are you? It's like, hello, anonymous phone call. Have you ever had that? Hello? And then somebody on his side, hello? So, I mean, come on. Let's get, get to the chase. Who are you? All right, so Jesus speaking to this man. He says to him, listen, my, who are you? Uh, and he replied, my name is Lichion, because there are many of us inside the, the, uh, this man. And the evil spirit begged him again and again not to send him to a distant place. And there happened to be a large herd of pigs. He was, they were sent into them, and they ran down the hill into the ocean, and they drowned. But again, an extreme situation, an extreme case. We shouldn't be scared of that. But I'm using it as an illustration because I believe that through this, there's a key in there for you as well. Because when I sat in front of this person, and I was challenged in my authority, and whether I doubted or whether I'm scared, the enemy tried to get a foothold through intimidation into my life. So when, if, if, if I would have agreed with it, that foothold would have opened up, and it would have allowed fear, things like more fear, anxiety, anger, distress, a whole list of things that could have entered my life. Our thoughts, our imaginations, and our emotions. Those are the things that the enemy will challenge us with daily. Maybe during this week you have felt some of, some of these influences. Maybe you have felt a fear of going to work. A fear of provision. A lack of provision. Anybody had that this week? Anybody being anxious? Anybody was anxious this morning or this week? Yeah, it's happening. Maybe you had lustful thoughts. These are the, the images or the way that the enemy tries to get into our lives. But the reality is, as I said, if you have the, uh, a hole the size of a speck of dust in your armor, the enemy will go for that day in and day out. But thank goodness we have Jesus in our lives. Thank goodness we have the Holy Spirit. Thank goodness for that. Because even in these extreme stories, even in our daily walk with God, we need to understand that we need to shut the doors on the enemy daily. We need to shut the doors. And I did that. 
I immediately replied with the truth. No, I'm not scared. No, my authority. I know my authority in this place. But the enemy will come with all sorts of schemes at the most, uh, at the time when you least expect it. So what is, what, is, how do, what is the schemes of the enemy? How do we overcome these schemes? And does God have a game plan for us? I believe he does. Have you guessed what it is? The armor of God. Eh? Ephesians. So we're going we're gonna to get dressed. We're going to do a bit of a uh, wardrobe change this morning. Because I want to I invite you into this journey and say, listen, the armor of God has been made available for every single person right here, right now. But we're going to go practical. We're going to dress us today with the armor of God. And Paul starts in Ephesians 10, uh, 6 verse 10. He, he, he gives us that, fi- that verse that says, A final word, be strong in the Lord and His mighty power. So that final word is like, a, listen, don't overlook this. You need to pay attention now. You need to be sure that what I'm saying to you, you take in. This is important. But it's not just a serious message. It's actually an encouragement for more of God in our lives. And he starts by saying that be strong in the Lord and His mighty power. Can I, can I just work with your imagination quickly? Imagine for a second if you and I can be clothed with God Himself. Imagine that if the arm, what if the armor of God was God Himself clothing us with Himself? Don't you think that would withstand any enemy? Amen. It will. And I'm going to demonstrate it. The thing is, our intimacy. Our intimacy with Christ is the most intimidating weapon for the enemy. He doesn't like it when we are intimate with Christ. So when we are clothed with God, the enemy is nothing in us. There's, a diff- there's many different aspects of God that we can be clothed with. God is love. We are clothed with love when we are in Him. God is authority. We are clothed with His authority. God is power. We are clothed with His power. And so we can go on. And we're going to demonstrate that in, in this. But it starts by one thing. To do, taking a step back and saying that God is inviting you on a platform. Have you ever seen a, a bride getting dressed? Or doing a, a, fitting her dressed, dress? She doesn't stand on the ground. She gets called up to a platform. And then... All the fun starts, and it's measuring this and going this side. It's a bit of that. But she is the bride, and she's pulled up to a pedestal saying that, I want to invest in the best that I can for you. And that's what God is doing with each one of us. He's saying to you, come on, I invite you up onto the pedestal. How do we do that? Through our intimacy with Christ. Through our intimacy with Christ, God is inviting you up. He's saying, come on, you are my bride. I want to spend time with you. I want to measure everything. And I want to clothe you with the armor of God. I want to clothe you with something special. 
Amen? So the first truth this morning, the first step that we're taking is to say that our most intimidating weapon is our intimacy with God. You need to take that up. You need to become serious about spending time with the Lord, being soaked in His presence. So Paul continues in verse 11. He says, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against the enemy and all strategies of the devil. So we know what strategies he throws at us. He says to us, yes, it's, against, it's not against flesh and blood, but against evils, principalities, and rulers. So let's clothe ourselves with the aspect of God. And the first part that we're going to clothe ourselves with this morning is the belt of truth. Everyone say belt of truth. Yes. So stand your ground putting on the belt of truth. Verse 14. Truth exposes the lies of the enemy. Truth is not only speaking it out loudly, but rather being soaked in it, soaked in the truth, in the identity of who Christ is in your life. So when you put on the belt of truth, it is the revelation of God and the revelation of who God is. See, a revelation released releases the power of God and whatever goes against it will not be able to stand. The enemy will not be able to stand. You need to know who you are in Christ because the enemy will come and tell you that you are not good enough. You are not worthy. Whatever you tried to do here is not working. And he will try and derail you with lies. Just listen to this. The shadow that you follow is the person you will become. What does that mean? If I continue to believe the lies of the enemy, the lies of who I am in Christ, the lies of who Christ is for me, because the enemy wants to, do, wants to do away with that. If you continue to believe the lies, you're going to become that person. You are going to become the lie. Can you understand why we need the belt of truth for our protection? So in my meeting with this person, I was challenged in my identity. This enemy wanted to get a foothold in my life through intimidation. I said no, because my belt of truth was that I am in Christ. I am a co-heir in Christ. Eh? I am, part, I am uh, royalty. I'm not rejected. I don't have fear. I'm not anxious. And you counter that with truth by saying that I'm not fearful because I have a spirit of love, of power, and of a sound mind. I am not anxious because I have a spirit of joy. I'm not rejected because nothing can separate me from the love of Christ. Amen. So truth is a person. That person is Jesus Christ. And when I'm clothed with Jesus... I'm clothed with the truth. And the enemy has nothing against it. So let's get practical. Right, so I want you to take your belts. Okay, everybody belt in the hand? Yes, put it around your waist. 
okay, around your own waist as well. Um, so those of you that are married, you could just do a double one. Eh? You do the, the husband and wife together. So put your belt of truth on, and then we make the following de- declaration. It says, when I'm clothed with the belt of truth, it exposes the lie of the enemy. Great. Let's move on to the second one. So that's your first one. In the morning, you put on your belt of truth. You got it? So the second one is the breastplate of righteousness and the body armor of God's righteousness. I get excited about this one because a great revelation was given to me this week when I prepared. And um, so the, the body armor is a breastplate that protects the vital organ. So medieval knight, think of, uh, think of that knight, he would put on the breastplate so that arrows and a sword will not be able to penetrate the heart. You see, the enemy wants to go for the heart. Because if he can sow offense, division, anger towards the church, envy, conceit, anything like that into your heart, he will set you up for failure in the church. Do you agree? If you have an offense against somebody, how many people have left church because of offenses? So the enemy goes for the heart. He goes for the place that where, where really, really matters. And God comes and he says, but no, 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 no. My righteousness will protect that. My approval of you is protecting your heart. And that is what God's righteousness, the breastplate of righteousness, is God's approval of you through his son, Jesus Christ. Because Jesus died on the cross for each one of us. And because he did it, he approves of you. He approves of you. You are worthy. And that protects your heart. Amen? God loves us deeply. And he wants the best for each one of us. You see, through our intimacy, we are clothed daily with his approval. You don't need it from anyone else. You get it from the Lord. But you need to take up that space. You need to allow yourself to step into a place of intimacy with the Lord. And say, Lord, clothe me with your righteousness today. Clothe me with your approval. You see, the enemy can then not come or challenge our emotions, our self-worth, or our trust, because it's rooted in Christ, in the love of who he is for us and in us. And we are clothed with Him. So, put your hand on your chest. (laughs) And then say the following. My heart is protected by the breastplate of righteousness because Jesus approves of me. Take that up daily. Put your hand on your chest. The moment that you stand in front of the mirror, you say to me, you say to yourself, My heart is protected by the breastplate of God's righteousness because Jesus approves of me. Amen. So that's your second second piece of clothing this morning. Wow, you guys are looking good already, huh? The third one is a more difficult one. It's the shoes of peace. For the scripture says, for the shoes, uh, for shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. So these shoes 
are the most difficult ones sometimes to put on because it involves a bit of exercise. We've got to move, get down. Some of us need to get down to the bottom and put our shoes on. But during our life group in the past few weeks, I've heard amazing testimonies about people stepping out, God moving in people's life. And that just inspires me to step out and tell everyone else. Because I also want to share the exciting journey that God is busy taking us as a family on. I want to share with people the saving grace of Jesus in my life. Because I know that whatever happens today, if I step out and I might die today, I have eternal life with Christ. That is my safety. But the enemy doesn't want us to share the good news. He doesn't want us to move. See, when I share the good news with somebody, I have peace in my heart. I just have this overwhelming peace and love. And it's, God, you're so good to me. But you see, the, the, the enemy says, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. I'm going to throw a few hazardous materials and thorns in your, in your way. So that you not, don't want to walk there because it's a task. He wants us to, to tick the box every time. So when somebody says to you, share your message, oh, no, okay, I've got to do it. And just tick the box in me. That doesn't sound like excitement. We need to be excited about who God is in our lives. We need to share that. But why don't we want to share? Because of fear of man. We are, we are scared of what people are going to say when we share our story. Fear of rejection. But you see, fear is the absence of love. And when we share the love we have for Christ and the love Christ has for each one of us, we drive fear out because it has no place in us. Paul writes in, in Philippians 4 verse 7, he says, Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. That peace is not something you can actually describe to somebody. It's not something we can understand. But the moment that you put on those shoes, the moment that you step out to proclaim the good news, you do feel it. And you have it in you. And you are motivated to do more. You are prepared to do more. So our discouragement of rejection or our story is a hard challenge. Is this actually real? Challenging you to say, but are this what you believe? Is it actually real? No. We're standing against that because that's what the enemy tries to throw into your, into your passage of walkway. So we're going to step out from that. We're going to say, okay, let's put on the shoes. Practical. Bend down. Take your shoes. Put it on. Come on, everybody, put on your shoes. Yes, put on your wife's shoes, put on your husband's shoes. In the Spirit, and then let's declare the following truth. When I'm clothed with the revelation of Christ and share my testimony, I'm wearing the shoes of peace, motivating me to proclaim the good news of Christ. That's what the peace, the shoes in our lives does. Yo, you guys are looking so good. Huh? Look at those shoes, the belt, woo, the breastplate. Wow, 
God is good. God is good. And He's making you guys beautiful this morning. Not that you weren't. All of you were. So the fourth one is a shield of faith. This is quite a challenging one. All right. So in addition to all of these, so put on all of the others. In addition to this, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fire arrows of, of the devil. Now here's the thing. A shield along my side, round about the back here, or just on the ground there, doesn't mean a great deal. It's not going to protect you. Because every arrow that shoots will hit you right in the heart. Because that's where the enemy aims for, ne? and they are good at it. So if you don't pick up your shield, say, pick up my shield. If you don't pick up your shield, and you don't shove it in the face of the enemy, you don't show it to him, the shield is not going to be worth anything. But what if the shield, again, is God clothing himself with his character, his, his, his faith? God places his faith around you and inside of you so that you have the ability to believe. Because what are the fiery arrows that the enemy wants to throw at us? Insults? Anyone been insulted this week? Fear? Yeah, anxiousness, temptations, accusations, setbacks, and even offenses. Those are all fiery arrows that the enemy shoots at each one of us. So you need to pick up your faith. You need to pick up your shield and, and shove it. You need to declare the faith you have for Jesus. Every single day, every single morning. You see, we can't afford to let our shields down. Because the moment that you pick up your shield, you can see beyond the enemy because you see where the arrows come from and you can see beyond your circumstances because you know what is at the back there. So you pick it up and you shove it in the face and you declare it every day that I believe in Jesus Christ. When I believe, mountains move. When I speak, mountains move. When I speak, all of heaven backs me up. Does that sound like faith? When I speak, all of heaven backs me up. We need to put that faith and shove it in the face of the enemy every single day. We are clothed with the faith of God, the faith in Jesus Christ, and the faith of the Holy Spirit. So you need to take up your shield. So that practically, take your shield, raise it up, and say, No weapon formed against me shall prosper when I hold up my shield of faith. Okay, we're getting there. Number five, the helmet of salvation. So put on salvation as your helmet. So if there's one thing the enemy is relentless at, it's sowing seeds of doubt in your mind. Doubt the existence of God. Doubt whether you're good enough. Doubt that by being here you're actually contributing or doing something good. Doubt that you're actually meaning something to other people in life. Doubt love. Doubt the, the, the love of the person next to you. There's so many things. You see, 
in that meeting, if I doubt it, just a tiny bit, I would have, I would have failed. But my helmet of salvation was on. I never doubted. I knew who I was in Christ. And that's the thing that, the, uh, that, that we need to do. We need to be sure of our salvation in Christ. Because salvation is our helmet. See, when, we, when our helmets are on our heads, the seeds that the enemy sow, because of what, what are these seeds actually? What is, it, what is it going to do to us? It wants us to conform to the world. These are seeds, worldly seeds, to conform us to the world. But what is Paul? But transformed by the renewal of your minds. So when that seed comes, we need to transform that seed into something that's life-giving. So when you receive something negative, you need to change it into a positive. Hey, you're not good enough. No, I am, because I am in Jesus Christ. I'm saved by Him. I'm a co-heir. I'm a royalty, man. Hands off. That's what you need to do. You need to know who you are in Christ so that when the seeds of doubt come, you transform it into seeds of life. The enemy will look at you and he's like, oh, that one, I'm not going to try again. He, they, they, they know too much. They know who they are. Let me go to somebody else. See, the thing is we counter the seeds of, by transforming them into seeds of life and hope. By speaking life and speaking truth. So put on your helmet. Take it. Ladies, watch the hair. Yep. You put on your helmet of salvation. And you say, my helmet of salvation kills the seeds of doubt from the enemy. You got it. And then the next one, the last one, which is a powerful one. This is the only weapon that we take up, take up that's not a defense mechanism, but rather one of offense. Okay, so I'm countering the enemy with this one. Because it says, and I take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So when I pick up my sword, I pick up something powerful. Because I pick up a double-edged sword that pierces through bone and marrow. The enemy is absolutely shattering when you hold up your shield and your sword. Because now he can't point the arrow, but he also knows that by pointing, uh, pointing the arrow, shooting it at you, you're going to shove it in his face, you're going to advance, and you're going to hit him with the word of God. Because the word of God is truth. The word of God does not return void. It speaks life. It gives us discernment. It gives us direction. The word of God pierces through the enemy. And that is our, we are weaponized when we have the word of God in us. When the words are on your lips, when the word of God is in your heart, you are weaponized. You become yourself 2.0. That's where you want to be. So the moment that you start consuming the word, making it, putting it on your lips, 
you become weaponized against the enemy. Because we partner with the Holy Spirit for that revelation. We partner with the Holy Spirit for remembrance. And we say, we take up the shield of faith, the shield of faith and the sword, and we advance. Because no weapon formed against us shall prosper. So we know that Jesus himself is the word of God. And if we are clothed by that, the enemy has nothing against us. We need to have it on our hearts, engraved on our, on our hearts, on our lips. It needs to be a daily thing. But just reading it once or twice, the word is not going to remain on our hearts. We need to consume it. We need to be intimate with Christ. So that involves us to, to, to make certain non-negotiable changes in our lives. To say that I will not go to work if I haven't consumed the word today. If I don't have it on my lips. I will not move out or step out or go forth if I do not have the word of God on my lips. I need to put that in place to move forward. I need to have it. I need to have that truth in my life. So pick up your sword right now. Hold it up in the air. It's a heavy one. Okay. So I see the muscles. Good stuff. You guys are strong this morning. And say the following. When I'm clothed with the word of God, it becomes my weapon of offense. And I shove it in the face of the enemy. (laughs) A great revelation that somebody revealed to me in the first service was the armor of God can only be effective when we are clothed with God himself in a sense. Like David, who stepped out, who put on all this armor, it was way too big for him, too heavy. He was not able to move. Instead, what armor did he have that won the fight against Goliath? He had God with him. So armor is not a physical thing that I put on here, but it's, it's God's character that I am clothed with. It's God's person that I am clothed with. And how do I sustain that? How do I sustain that weapon, that, that weaponizing armor that I can walk with every day? Paul continues in verse 18. He says, Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. We need to be in unity with the Holy Spirit. We need to partner with the Holy Spirit. When we partner, we become intimate. We become aligned. And we become sure of who we are. And the band can come to the front. Thank you. We become sure of who we are in Christ. You see, if I hesitated for one second in my authority, or I doubted whether I'm scared or something, oh man, I, I'm, I can't get over it of what could have happened. We need to be vigilant every single day, every single moment, every single opportunity, every single step that we take. We need to be vigilant. 
We need to ensure that our armor is in place. Because God has called us to a place in the spiritual realm that we need to take up. We know that the spirit war is, is real. But we know that God has victory over the, over the enemy. God has victory over the enemy. And he says that victory belongs to you and belongs to me. Why? Because if you are in Christ, if you are in Jesus, you receive the full armor of God. He gives it to you. But you have to step into that place. Step onto that pedestal as the bride of Christ right here. And say, Lord, I receive it. I put on. I put on my belt of truth. I put on my breastplate of righteousness. I put on my shoes that brings that peace in my life. I take up my shield. I put on my helmet of salvation. And I point my sword, the word of God, at the enemy. Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.